Welcome to episode 243 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 243 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. And again, it's just myself here today because we're doing our two weeks breaks and I'm just kind of thinking to myself as I'm sitting in the studios by myself, is it, why is it in the two weeks break that I still have to do the work and the coach gets the time off, you know, it's not too happy about it, but hey, we've got the show on the road and it's the key thing. Uh, I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by Coffees of Hawaii, go on there, get the world's Best coffee, extreme endurance, the lactate buffer to help you become a better and faster athlete, and athlinks.com, social network networking for endurance athletes for tracking your results and all your racing needs. Uh, so this week we're going to do the second and our best of the year for 2010, and uh, this week we're actually going to have Hunter Allen. Now, Hunter Allen was the para guru guy that we had on earlier on the year, and he's the guy who just... We just had so much insight and so much kind of passion and knowledge around this area, which is pretty important to what we're doing and the way we scientifically look at our sport. So I'm going to chuck that interview on in a few seconds. Um, and that's when I say a big happy new year to everyone for 2011. I was actually in a place called Glendu Bay, which is in Wanaka, in kind of the middle bottom of the South Island in New Zealand. And I was camping with Porno and Steph and uh, my partner Joe and a few of their friends and uh we went to bed about 1.30, but apparently once we went to bed, the nudity happened, and uh, I, I'm gutted I went to bed, to be honest. I'm not sure if Porno and Steph got nude, but there's uh, plenty of entertainment from what I get here. But anyway, we're going to chuck the interview on right now and uh, get into this week's show. So here is Hunter Allen with uh, his message about power. Okay, so next up we've got on the show a guy called Hunter Allen. Uh, just a bit of a recap, John. Tell us about Hunter. He's co-author of Training and Racing with a Power Meter. Um, used to race uh, in his younger days as a uh, sort of semi-pro pro, pro for, for, for a short as period. As a cyclist. As a cyclist. Yeah. Um, coaches, Ironman athletes, triathletes, more cyclists than anything, and is involved with some of the big hitters and, and uh, is just a bit of a power geek, really. But great guy, great interview. We'll chuck it on right now. Righty ho, we're very, very happy to have uh, a power expert on the show today. We get lots of questions in on, on training with power, and it's a, a relatively new phenomenon that, that a lot of people don't know a huge amount about. And one of the men that does know a lot about it is uh, Hunter Allen. He's the author of Training and Racing with a Power Meter. Which, which has just is, had its second edition, John. That's right. Oh, and must be selling. It's, it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's probably, the, the, when you go to a, we, we had a power conference a few weeks ago that Hunter came out and did, and, and everybody pulled out their little book out of their bag, and it's, it's, it's a book that most people who get going to power like to have, and we've got the second edition that's just come out. So welcome along to the show, Hunter. Well, thanks, thanks, guys. I appreciate it, and glad to be here. So, so you obviously, you got your second book out, and um, I've had a, a flick through. I've got the, the the signed copy, Bevan. Oh, mate, what, what did he put to you? Uh, I've got, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, may the power be with you, or something like that. <laughs> nice, good. <laughs> um, 
you know, I noticed in there it's got a few new additions, which is going to be um, specific to triathlon. So maybe just tell us a bit about the second edition and um, and how it differs from the first edition. Sure. Uh, you know, it, it, it was a it was a complete rewrite almost. Uh, almost every page was touched in the in the uh, the new edition um, because a lot of things has have changed. And and so I mean, in the last three years, we've learned a lot more about different uh, sports. We've learned a lot more about how people react to training uh, we've come up with some new ideas you know we, we've done lots of things so it's been a, a big big change I mean over a hundred new pages a whole new uh, uh, workout plan eight weeks to your peak is in the uh, book as well and then of course uh, really I'm, I'm really proud of the chapter on triathlon as well because um, it was something that was really missing in the first edition and uh, and largely you know it was missing because we just didn't have enough data on on triathletes yet so um, in the past three years you know, I've been very fortunate to get you know data from world-class Ironman age group beginners everybody um and so we're able to incorporate it into the second edition nice. and uh, we're gonna have a link up on the site imtalk.me and that'll um Show you through to amazon so you guys can pick up copies of that um probably the big question you know coaches get and, and when athletes go out and get a power meter or they may already have one is is how the hell do they set up their their training zones um and a lot of the information out there on the net and and as you said maybe in the, in the first book was is, is focused on cycling because there is so much more data out there on on cyclists so um you know how should athletes can you maybe talk through some tests that athletes can do for and how this might differ for you know your your, your try your standard triathlete versus your ironman versus your cyclist and, and other tests they they should be doing the same Absolutely. So there's there's a couple of different things, and and when you consider it, you need to first test to find out what we call your threshold power. So your we would call it the FTP, your functional threshold power, and what that is is that's a test uh, where you your average your best average watts for an hour so as hard as you can go for one hour is what we define as your functional threshold power now guys as you can imagine i have a hard time getting my athletes doing a one-hour time trial on a regular basis (laughs) it's kind of difficult so i've come up with a a kind of a a, a approximation you can do it for 20 minutes and then take about five percent off of that number and then that ends up being really close to what you can do for an hour. Now, some people it'll be 8%, some people will be 3%, but you know, 5% is a good place to start. So the very first test you have to do, everybody has to do, a cyclist, triathlete, whoever, they have to figure out what their functional threshold power is. The second test then that we have to do is you have to understand your strengths and weaknesses. So you need to do a test for five minutes, as hard as you can go for five minutes, because that represents what we call a VO2 max energy system. Then we have to do a test for your anaerobic capacity. So that's a, a one minute test as hard as you can go for one minute. And then, you know, even my triathletes, I even have them do some sprints. Um, so see what their neuromuscular power is. Your best five seconds is really like your, your neuromuscular power, a good representation. And, you know, you might ask, well, why? I'm a triathlete, you know, I'm an Ironman athlete. Why do I need to know my sprint? Well, you probably aren't going to sprint necessarily. Um, but at the same time, it tells us the big picture of your strengths and weaknesses. Now, the other thing that's kind of, you know, 
do you have a sprint or not kind of thing that, that makes a difference for for uh, triathletes is draft legal. Mm-hmm. If you're doing if you're doing a draft legal race, you're going to have to do sprints. You're going to have to get on the wheel. You're going to stay in the peloton. You're going to have to chase up to the group. You may have to jump out of a turn. All of a sudden, you're doing a bike race. Um, and so sprinting or neuromuscular power, your peak five seconds, becomes important. Now, once you kind of got the two tasks out of the way, the FTP test, the strengths and weaknesses, which we call the power profile test, then we kind of look at what is very important for a Ironman triathlete versus a Olympic distance triathlete versus a draft legal triathlete. So for Ironman, and I've worked with lots of Ironman athletes, um, men and women over the years, one of the things that I really like to test them for is I like to see um, – in terms of the how long can they hold their tempo pace. So when we kind of take that FTP number, we say, okay, it's, it's 100% of your threshold power. Then we knock off uh, down to about 87%, 85%, 89 somewhere in that range. And I start to look and see, okay, how long can you do three hours at this pace? Uh, and then still feel like you have energy at the end. So it's not necessarily a um, go out and ride as hard as you can for three hours type thing, but it's more of, okay, I want you to hold this much, this many watts, do your best, and do it for three hours, and see how they feel afterwards. So for Ironman, that tells me about their muscular endurance, if they have an issue with muscular endurance, and then it also tells me a little bit about how developed their aerobic system is. You know, Do they need more endurance? Once we once we go over to the 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 shorter stuff, the Olympic distance, um, you know, to me, then I, I look and I do the same thing for Ironman as well. I look at the course too. So um, here in the United States, we have a crazy variety of courses uh, from Ironman Wisconsin, which has ridiculous hills, a hundred plus hills in it they're all very short to Ironman in Florida which is dead flat you know to uh, Ironman Canada which has a long climb in it so so you got all these variety of things so it might be when I when I kind of look to the Olympic distance they tend to be a little more variable in the terrain so I end up doing um, some more of these kind of anaerobic tests the one minute maybe I do it a two minute and just start to see how the the athlete paces themselves because I like to get a good feel for their pacing. And so that's important. Then then the last thing is the draft legal stuff. So, you know, to me, again, it's a bike race. You know, you come back to it, you're, 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 you're in the Peloton, you're trying to, to hold a wheel. You're trying to, you know, maybe you came out of the swim a little late. Now you got to chase you time trial to catch the Peloton versus just kind of pacing yourself so you're ready for the run. Um, so all of a sudden, then um, the all the components of bike racing become very important. So uh, to me, then you know, I, I even like to do this one test, and it's great. You know, I, I have a saying that, and, and John knows this from my my uh, seminar the other day: training is testing, testing is training. All right. So every time you go and test, you're training. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> every time you every time you're training, you're testing yourself. Um, and so one of those tests is what we call the microburst 
effort. So a microburst effort is a great workout for triathletes, especially draft legal ones, um, but it's also a great test. And that workout is 15 seconds on and 15 seconds off. So in the on period, you're doing 150% of your threshold power. The off period, you're doing 50% of your threshold power. So on 15 seconds, off 15 seconds. It's incredibly annoying workout. <laughs> but it's a great test because then, you know, how do you how are you recovering these on and off periods? And then when you start to compare that to a draft legal race with a power file, you're like Oh my gosh, this looks just like a draft legal race. So a really good mimic of a race itself. When you when you're doing the testing, one of the things you talked about in Christchurch is um, doing the, the the pros and cons of doing testing inside versus outside. So can you just maybe explain why you don't necessarily want to do your testing inside and then automatically transfer that to your outside numbers? Yeah, that's a great question, and um, you know that's. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> He's pulling the watch out. Watch out. No, it, 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 um, inside can be really different. Um, you know, there is the inertia of the, the, the resistance, um, whatever it is that you're on, a mag trainer, a fluid trainer, or, uh, you know, whatever rollers, even so. So there's the, the inertia that changes it versus outside. Um, inside, if you're on a trainer, you're fixed in a very, t- um, you know, focused place, your legs work very, very, um, just like pistons. So sometimes indoors, your numbers are lower than they would be outside. Um, outside, you're able to flick your bike back and forth. You're able to kind of rest some muscles and, and at the same time, continue to keep your power up. Uh, so, I'll see a lot of times the numbers indoors, especially like that 20-minute test, will be up to 30 watts lower than the outdoor test. Um, So that's huge. I mean, 30 watts is massive. So if you based all your training on your indoor tests, then you would be underachieving if you did all of your, you know, training outside. So you need to kind of make sure that, okay – What's my best option here? And and my advice really to, to everyone out there is, okay, if you're going to train indoors 80% of the time, then do your test indoors. Okay, so train indoors, then do your test indoors. If you're going to go outside and train most of the time outside, then you probably should train outside. You know, the only caveat to that is if you live in a highly populated area where there isn't a 20 minute section of road without a stoplight or something like that. So you kind of have to take that, you know, as well into consideration. Are there any other main considerations that you have to think about when you're doing your testing outside? Yeah, you know, the other thing that's important when testing is that um, you, you try and test on the same route every time. So I always like to say to my athletes, okay, go and get on the, the route that you're going to test on. Make sure it's a route that you can do all these different tests on them, and we can repeat it. Uh, and then do your same warm-up and start the test at the same place, whether it's the same you know store or the house or a mailbox, whatever it is, start it right there. And then try and do it on a consistently similar weather day. Um, so don't go out and test when it's you know 50 kilometer per hour winds, unless it's always that way. <laughs> or 
don't go out and test when it's you know pouring rain. You know, test when it's consistent, so you can you know be you know that the numbers are repeatable. Um, what, one thing you know, some people are champion um, trainers and crappy racers, and some people are crappy, not so good at training and, and great racers. You know, if you talk about these tests, and for people who maybe struggle and training to really get up to their performance that they do in racing, how could they mm-hmm. maybe adjust their their zones based? You know, because they, they may not just they just may not have the mental capacity or whatever it is to really push themselves hard for, a, say, a 20-minute um, test. Are there any considerations those sorts of people have who know they can't do it in training? Right. Well, then, the one thing that is nice about a power meter, and especially, and I highly recommend, you know, you race with your power meter, and because, one, we learn the most from our races, uh, but that's a great place for those people who, what we call, and, you know, I call it, racing up. You race up to the level of the competition. You you improve when you have that adrenaline and that person riding right beside you. Um, so, what I'll do is I'll take a kind of a, a little bit of both. Let's say, for example, in their 20-minute test, they crack out 250 watts for 20 minutes. So, you know, knock off 5% of that, okay, about 240 watts, let's say. Mm-hmm. Then they go out and do a... Um, uh, a race, and in that race, they end up averaging 260 watts for an hour. So it's like, wow, okay, well, they definitely can do 260 watts for an hour, um, but they haven't ever been able to do it in their tests. So then I'll kind of split the difference and I'll say, okay, well, I know that if you know in tests and in, in training you do 240, that's your best. In racing, we know that adrenaline gives you an extra 20 watts, that's 260. So let's go with 250 and then see if they're hitting their workout numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, the one problem you have is you know, if you set your zones based on your race numbers and they're much higher than your training numbers, then you're constantly failing in training. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and that, that can be tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in your book, you've got a, a great table in there that, that gives um, percentages of F- FTP for, for setting your zones for different distances and um, obviously we're sort of more focused on the, the Ironman side of things and you've got quite a big range, you know, it's 0.68 to 0.78 of FTP for um, Ironman pacing. You know, how do people sort of know which end of that scale they're at, you know, whether they're a diesel engine or whether they're at the top end of that, that field? If, if they're new to power, mm-hmm. what, what sort of things can they be thinking about trying to estimate where they should be on that um, continuum between 0.68 and 0.78? That, that's, a, that's another tough one. Um, and <laughs> the, um, the, 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 the issue there is, okay, so, and what you're talking about is 0.68 really is the intensity factor. Mm-hmm. And so that means 68% of your 100%, which you could do for an hour. Um, and so between 68% and say 78%, uh, that, that intensity factor, that's a big range. Uh, I've had uh, pro uh, triathletes, uh, pro Ironman, pro Iron Women ride at 0.83 and then still have a PR on the run. Right. But you know what? They're freaks. they're pros. Yeah. yeah, they're freaks. Exactly. <laughs> you got to kind of throw them out, right? Um, so the but then I've had like a a pretty you know I wouldn't say elite age grouper but she was she qualified for Kona so she's mm. darn good yeah. um, 
and she did a 0.73, so kind of right in the middle of the 0.68 to 0.78, and then just cracked on the run and ended up walking for like 15 minutes on the run. So um, you really kind of have to think about a couple of things. One, you have to kind of think about how much training have you done? So where's your base fitness now? You know, an athlete that I would call a more mature athlete has been, been competing for, say, four or five years, then they're probably going to be a little bit closer towards the upper edge, so maybe 0. 0.72, 0.73, 0.74, 0.75 of that continuum. For an athlete that hasn't been competing as long, maybe hasn't done as many, or maybe they're doing their first Ironman, I would err on the side of conservative and just be, you know, 0. 0.68, 0. 0.69, 7, you know, 0.70, you know, because you want to run mm-hmm. on the run. Yeah. It's a swim bike run, not a swim bike walk. Yeah. I know, exactly. You know, it's it's the old uh, the old adage, right? I mean, there's a, uh, you always see it in all the courses. There's all these guys who are, are in, in women and like walking on the run and, and, uh, and they're all patting each other on the back. Man, we had a great bike leg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as, as they walk for the next 15 miles. Um you know, so you have to kind of remember that, like, you know, if you don't, if you're if you're walking on the run, you went too hard on the bike. So should the the slower athletes be a bit a little bit lower on that continuum versus the faster athletes, or that doesn't have too much of an influence? I, I think so as well. Um, I think I think the people who are okay, I'm doing this to finish to accomplish this goal. Um, you know, then they need to probably err on the the slower side, uh, and then the. the the folks who are saying, okay, you know what? Um, I've been doing this for a while. I've finished a f- couple of Ironmans. Now I'm doing it for a really good time. I've gotten better, more serious. Then they can kind of edge towards the faster 0. 0.74, 0. 0.75, 0. 0.78 even. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, the key things we, we always talk about with, with the power meter is how it can obviously help you with your pacing and, and races, and that can be the key thing, you know, rather than, uh, you know, so many athletes fade in the second half of the ride or the second half of the run particularly as well. How can people use their power meters a bit more effectively for, for different, you know, varieties of courses? Say for a, on a hilly course, should people be using their power meter to control themselves on the hill? Should they be freewheeling on the descents? Um, you know, what, what are they sort of looking for on, say, a hilly course, a windy course, et cetera? Mm-hmm. Right, um, you know, and that's a great, great place to use a power meter in in racing and pacing yourself. Um, you know, because uh, this sport is all about pacing. Uh, it really is. I mean, we we pace ourselves in the swim. You pace yourself drinking. You pace yourself eating. You pace yourself on the bike. I mean, everything is about pacing. It and, and you know that's that's a critical part of this. And when all of a sudden you throw in okay, oh, they got to go over these hills and or you've got this crazy headwind here, um, you know, or, or you're drafting or whatever it is, you know, from 10 meters behind or something, then it makes it even more important to have a power meter. So let's talk about hills first. Um, the first thing you do need to do is you need to, especially if you're doing an Ironman um, type effort, you need to mute what we call your bursts. All right, mute the the sharp 
short, hard efforts. Okay, so you're trying to prevent from sprinting up any hills or going hard up any hills and or or accelerating too hard out of corners or something like that. You're trying to be as smooth as you can over everything in order to kind of um, basically to to save your legs so to speak. Uh, we have a tool called quadrant analysis that we analyze how much muscle fiber type you're using with your power file, blah, blah, blah. It's advanced stuff, but at the same time, it's it's a really great thing that's taught us a lot about how important it is to just literally mute your power and smooth it over those hills. Now, if you do have a relatively hilly uh, event, then you can use your power meter to kind of you know, make it a ceiling. Here I have different ceilings. And so, you know, maybe for a, a three-minute hill, and if you've been riding for a while, you can kind of look at a hill and say, oh, that's going to be a three-minute hill, or that's about a five-minute hill or something. Um, then you can kind of say, okay, I know that if I went all out up this thing, I could do about 115% of my 100%. Um, so, but if I do that, and then there's not a downhill on the other side, I'm not going to be resting enough either. So maybe you just go a little bit over, you know, you're pacing yourself at, at 75% or something. Maybe you actually come up to 100% on the hill and then you just hold it right there on the hill, you know, not too much, and you do it smoothly and then you go up over the hill and on the back side of the hill you're kind of resting your legs a little bit. Um, you know, if it's, if it's uh, a flat after the hill, then you're solid and steady all the way down it. So... That's that's a good that's a good kind of starting point um, that I like to go to it. With a, a windy course, you mm-hmm. you know I, I know when we're on the course the, the course down here in Christchurch, you gave the example of a, a time trialist how he really smacked it into a headwind, and this is in a in a, in a bike race, not a triathlon. What's your advice for triathletes if they're say on a on a two lap course or three lap course <laughs> where it's it's windy one way, headwind one way, tailwind the other way? Should they be looking to have an even power output through the ride, or should they be working harder into the wind and, and recovering but with the tail? Wind. Yep, definitely. The it's always going to be one in the headwind. Okay, so if you do have a headwind section, you have to go just a little bit harder than you would if there was no wind at all. So let's say, for example, um, your your goal pace again is back to that 250 watts, and I'm trying to hold 250 watts. That's my I want to shoot for that for the entire thing. Well. You know, what, what's going to happen in the tailwind, it's going to neutralize a lot of the fitness differences between the athletes. So you might end up having, um, you know, you're, you're going along the tailwind at 50K an hour, and you're like, oh, I'm going to win this thing. But <laughs> <laughs> guess what? Everybody else is also going 50K an hour and all saying to themselves, I'm going to win this thing. <laughs> right? So it kind of neutralizes the fitness differences in the tailwind. Um, so the headwind is where you want to push a little more. Uh, you want to go just a little bit harder than you might have might have set out to go in the beginning. But at the same time, it's like, okay, gosh, you know, on this loop, there's this this tailwind section. It's uh, you know 30k long. Uh, then we've got a 30k headwind. Well, you know what? I can overdo it a little bit on the 30k headwind in order to you know kind of just free not free wheel on the tailwind because 
you're still pedaling and you're still going for it, but you're also not able to pedal very hard either because you don't have anything, you know, you're, you're being pushed along. So it's hard to have any resistance to pedal against. So I guess the important thing there, though, is people need to practice that in their training. They need to have some variability in their <clears throat> Ironman paced efforts rather than just riding at one speed all the time to factor in what, what may happen on race day. Exactly. Great point. Yeah. Great point. Another great point. Okay, so what are some other key points that you think are really relevant for Ironman athletes in particular, you know, if they're on a tough course or just other key points that you may have, particularly maybe even for age group athletes? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, back the pacing thing is big. So, so we, so we're talking about that. I mean, that's I think is 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 really critical. Um, you know, to to use your power meter as a ceiling. I'm not going to go above this wattage, or I'm just going to hold this wattage on the hills. So, I think pacing is really good. The other thing is, it's a great tool to help you with your nutrition intake because every power meter tells you how much work you've done. I mean, that's what we are measuring here as work um so a uh, it measures it in kilojoules so whatever power meter you have if you have a srm it says kj for kilojoules or power tap is going to say e for energy or um you know i think the the garmin one says kilocalories so they all measure the work and then if it says kilojoules or energy then you just Multiply 10% by 10%. So let's say you burn 2,000 kilojoules, then you've actually burned about 2,200 kilocalories. And then all of a sudden you can start to say, huh, did, you know, every time I burn 800 kilojoules, have I put any food back in here? Have I eaten enough? Have I drank enough in order to keep this replace replacement going on in order to have, you know, strength on the run? So I really spend a lot of time with my Ironman athletes, you know, talking about how are we going to come up with a nutrition strategy to keep you on track to eat when you need to eat. Not just kind of randomly, oh, I think I need to eat every 20 minutes or something. Well, that's a good start. But, you know, at the same time, 20 minutes in a headwind is totally different than 20 minutes in a tailwind. Um, so you kind of need to look at sometimes the work and how that's important as well. The other thing that you can do with a power meter that's interesting for um, Ironman athletes is you can help to refine your position. So you can use this to improve your aerodynamic position on your bike. Um, there is no doubt that that uh, that can be be something that can help you. So you need a, a relatively flat course. You need to get up and get up in the morning super early, break of dawn. So you're gonna have to get out of bed early. Um, but, and you need to, you know, have a, a wind conditions that are that are very light. If no wind at all is the best, and then just pick a speed and hold that speed over a short out and back section. I mean, it could literally be a three kilometer section or even shorter, as long as you can get up to a given speed. Let's say, okay, I'm going to ride up to to uh, 30 kilometers per hour, and then hold 30 kilometers per hour. 
and then do that, you know, a couple of times. So you get a couple of runs um, and then change something. So you could download your power meter and say, oh, wow, look, it takes me 200 watts to ride at 30 kilometers per hour in this position. Now I'm going to change my position and I'm going to go back out and maybe I put on a different arrow helmet. Maybe I put on different arrow wheels or maybe I lower the bars or whatever it is. I go back out. I do a couple of more runs and I ride at that same 30 kilometers per hour. Holy cow, I just, you know, now I only have to do 190 watts to do 30 kilometers per hour. Um, so whatever you did, whatever you changed, made you more aerodynamic. So that's kind of a, yeah, it's a little geeky and a little sciencey, but at the same time, it's a, it's not too hard to do. So it's kind of fun. Speed, triathletes, triathletes are into that. Yeah. One of the, the things I'd like to um, talk a little bit about is the your IF score, your intensity factor and mm -hmm. how athletes can look at that and use that as a tool to figure out um, whether they've ridden the course in the most efficient way. So can you maybe just touch on that a little bit? Sure, absolutely. So um, there, there is definitely a, um, a way to uh, essentially uh, govern your effort, and that's what I talk about in the second edition here, um, by the intensity factor. So that's one of those things where um, if you say, okay, for example, um, I want to uh, score, I mean, we're kind of getting into um, training stress score, so you get a little bit you know, about training stress score as well here. But training stress score is a measure of how much stress you've accumulated on your rod or race or whatever. Um, and you may just give yourself a certain number of points. Say, for example, well, you know what? I'm only, you know, most Ironman athletes do, they, if they do well in the run, they'll score under 300 training stress score points. And what that is, is 100 points is equivalent to going and doing a 40K TT an hour long time trial as hard as you can so if you score under 300 points in an Ironman is still the equivalent stress of doing three back to back 40k TTs yeah. so it's still hard yeah. <laughs> but at the same time but at the same time, your intensity factor won't be 100%. It won't be the 1.0. It'll be down there in the 0 0.70 area, 0.72 or something like that. So then that means that you're, you know, you're not blowing out all this muscle glycogen. So I like to kind of... To, to give my age group triathletes that ceiling and say, okay, you know what? You're not allowed to score more than 300 TSS points, all right? And what is your threshold power, all right? We know what your threshold power is, and we know how long we're gonna you're going to try and ride this thing in. And then mathematically, we can kind of figure out the intensity. We know we would need to make the intensity factor about 0 0.70 or 0 0.72 or whatever it is. Then I can figure out, Okay, well, the magic number is 208 watts. Yeah, yeah, you know, okay, not realistic to hold exactly 208 watts for five plus hours. Yeah. But you know, like, okay, if I'm in this area, you know, 220 to 200, then I know that I'm pacing myself correctly and using that intensity um, correctly so that I'm going to run, run well at the end. Cool. It's interesting, isn't it? Hey, um, one of the key things, you know, you've got, you've got your book, Training and Racing with a Power Meter. Um, I guess the key thing with a power meter is you've got to be able to interpret the data, which you can do through your, your Cycling Peaks software. Um, mm -hmm. It's a 
fantastic tool and and as we found out on the clinic we did here in Christchurch you know some of the coaches have been using it um, quite extensively um, but a lot of people are, are sort of self-taught and they know ins and outs of it um, obviously getting your book is is the first step is there any other I mean do you guys run clinics or anything like that um, or how can people really upskill themselves as much as they can obviously on top of um, trying to read your book back to back Sure, sure. No, that's a that's a um, uh, it is tough. It's not easy to to absorb the information sometimes from a book, or not easy just to look at the software and figure it out. Um, so I've done a couple of things. One, we've got um, a pretty good support site uh, on trainingpeaks.com, and in the support. St- part for the the WKO software, the analysis software, I've got a lot of kind of case studies in there. So it doesn't just say, oh, click here, this is what this button does. It's like, oh, well, here's why you're actually doing this, and what am I looking at, and why do I want to see this? So under the support site, under trainingpeaks.com, we've got lots of things there. Then I also do a webinar series um, myself every month. So I have a webinar that's um, for athletes, and then I have a webinar that's just for coaches as well, because I have a lot of coaches that that like to kind of help mentoring um, and that's uh, you can go to my site peakscoachinggroup.com and under the webinar link there that you can sign up for a webinar and take one of my webinars and I've got a lot of past webinars so I've archived all the webinars as well and so that way all of a sudden webinars are cool because you can see my screen you know you see me on the computer oh click this button here's how this works or hey we're going to analyze this Ironman file today what's happening going on here with this file what did this athlete do wrong and so it, it makes it it's, it's a lot of fun they're really cool hmm. nice um, very good so if people want to get hold of um, the book just go to imtalk.me we'll have a link through to Amazon we can get training and racing with a power meter the second edition with special features on for the in for us triathletes in the world and as Hunter said you mentioned a few <coughs> websites there where you can go to um, get yourself upskilled so Wicked thanks very much for your time Hunter alright thank you thank you Sponsors Athlinks.com There's been some updates You've got an email mate So you, here we go You want to read the email Yep so babe, Well you go on Athlinks.com I'm going to Athlinks.com um, John you hear that One of the things on Athlinks is If you want to search For your results Or say you're a, you want to claim Some of your results You can go on there And you Or you want to search So where am I going John So you're basically Just clicking under Results there Yep, yep. And just put in A fairly common name Try to think of a John Smith name. John Smith Okay so you put in John Smith. In the past, what would happen is you have a massive list of John Smith names, and you go, how the hell am I going to find all my oh, results from there? There's so many John Smiths in the world. I'm sick of them. So Glad I'm Bevan James Isles. So there's probably not that many Bevan James Isles. But so you basically click on that, clicks go, and now what happens is you can then break down that search. So you oh, can do it. great. So you go John Smith from Christchurch. Yeah, well, you can break it ge- geographically, and you can break it by age. So Great. you can say, well, I'm, you know, I've, I've been racing for five years, and I'm in the 40 to 45, so you break it down by age, break it down by ge- um, geography. Break it down, y'all. Oh, look at this. And there are a lot of John Smiths, aren't there? And it also, if John Smith is uh, already on Athlinks, um, there's pictures that come up as well. So you, there's even alternate spelling names, so if you misspell something. So where do we do this? So we go... Well, you can go down here, and you can say, well, 
You, you put the age range of okay, say, say 50, 50 to 55. 55. Good. And then I'm going to have John Smith who are in the 50 to 55. And it's narrowing it down. And then you want to change location, maybe to. Yep, change locations. And now it's dropped that down to. Uh, yeah, 116 locations. Okay. And then you basically eliminate the person that you want to find, which is really exactly. good, eh? Because a lot of people do have common names. Mm. Hey, like John Newsom. <laughs> Hundreds of them. It's also if you're searching for somebody else and you, you stuff up their spelling slightly. It's funny because with search. names nowadays, they're saying that parents are actually naming their kids differently because they're worried about the Google search factor. Oh, that's very pathetic. Well, but it is. If you've got a Why? John Smith, well, look, in the, in the world where social media is, is, is a big thing, if you want to get your name known out there, yeah. they also say that when you have a kid, you should also buy their domain name. Yeah, I know a lot of people do that. Yeah, yeah. And that, you know, like if you search Bevan James Isles, it's, mm. I come up. Mm. Whereas if you're a John Smith and you're trying to get some business opportunity out there with some website, there is a disadvantage. Yeah. You know? You have to find some unique selling point. Start calling your kids. Let's do a, let's do a John Newsom so Google search. Do you come let's up first? That. I don't know, actually. Uh, I couldn't get johnnewsom.com, I know that. Oh, you do, John Newsom! Coach johnnewsom.com. Coach John Newsom. Yeah, but this is it. on Wikipedia that John Newsom is. Uh. We're on Wikipedia, but oh, uh, so nice. American painter or something like that. That's pretty amazing. That you became across some guys on Wikipedia. He's Patrick Painter, mm. and uh, you beaten him. Nice. Mm. But triathlon coach. That's who you're. You're, you're famous, mate. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. What if I put an E on there? Let's have a look if you put the E on there. You're still number one. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I love your work. Nice. So if you're on Netflix and you know someone who's got a real common name and you're struggling to find him as your mate or something like that, we just want to check out results of guys who you're trying to beat this year and they're going to be in the race. This is a really great, great way for you to narrow that down, isn't it? And one other thing that um, somebody mentioned to me the other day, the cool thing about it is if you set up your club system and people get on board with this, then you can see who's coming, who, what's coming up in upcoming races. So, for example, in Christchurch, we've got yep. the SBS Marathon coming up, and uh, Phil and Ada got on there, and he saw that you know the three or four people from the club are listed down to do the race coming up, so he popped a couple of them a little message oh, saying, like smack butt. your crap. Yeah. Okay. So there we go. There's also uh, other John Newsom out there. There's, there's Coach John Newsom testimonials. Nice. Am I still on your testimonial page? I think you probably are. Oh, good stuff. You might have to scroll down a little bit. Where am I, where am I John? Scroll, am baby, I? Where, scroll. Well, right at the bottom there, I am. Second to bottom. I've got a pretty big, look, I've probably got the best testimonial, but look at that. Yeah. It's massive. Nice. nice. Oh, I even did a bit of Photoshop on the photo for you. Nice. Okay, there's Athlinks.com, get all your results up there and compare yourself against your club mates. And if you've got anybody with a common name, they've made life a lot easier. Coffees of Hawaii, John. Coffees of Hawaii is happening. And do you want to talk about it? Travel, special travel mug. Everybody Look likes their this. travel mugs. Do you like your travel mug? People love their travel mug. Especially people who've got to bloody sit in traffic for hours on end. I don't understand people. Some people have got to commute for like an hour. I couldn't do each it. Way. I couldn't do it. John and I were actually talking about this last night because Porno, Porno and Steph have just moved to Melbourne to live. Really? Yeah. They, they've gone to Melbourne. They, they've done the Melbourne mission. So they've gone to Melbourne to live. And we were talking about because, you know, like I could live in Melbourne. You know, like I could live in there's some cities in Australia I could live in. And, and I think ultimately Joe and I are aiming to have like six months in Christchurch and six months somewhere else, you know, like, you know, maybe in a few years from now. So that would kind of be the ultimate goal. And I was like, yeah, yeah I can live in Melbourne. But if I have to travel more than 20 minutes to get to work, I'm out of it. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't do it, eh? Like, yeah. I know a lot of you guys out there probably have to do that, but yeah. for us who have to bike seven minutes to get to work, it's or walk I from the... Bike <laughs> 36 seconds to get to the podcast <laughs> yeah, studios. That's right. 
So, I tell you what, if you are going to send your car for hours, these coffee mugs are gold. And what's great at the moment of Coffees of Hawaii is if you spend more than $40 or more, you receive a free mug along with a free shipping if you enter the code MUG10. Cheapest creepers. I imagine, wow, that's, that's a great deal. That'd be nice. So, there's an advisor of your preference for a tan or black mug oh, at checkout. I'm going to check out right They're now. They're innovators. They are. So, really. It's good stuff. It's another way you can support um, Coffees of Hawaii. Who I do like those mugs. I do like those mugs because oh, yeah. they keep it nice and hot. And, and big. And what's good on a cold morning is they actually keep your hands warm. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah big as well. Big. Because I like, I don't like, see, look at my, look at that, John. There you go, you got one. I got one right here. Albert Bevan needs an upgrade. I do need an upgrade because I've got the old, the old yeah. steel one. Yeah. Um, but it's a double drink. That's yes. what I love about it. You get yeah. more drink. So while you're there, you get on there and order some coffee. I don't know if you you got a discount code there. You got Mug10. Mug10, so you get free shipping uh, over $40. That may be US only, I'm not sure. Um, if, if, if in doubt, ask Albert. He'll yep, let you know. They're great. And uh, then you can also get your mug as well. It's again, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Oh, they're onto it. Coffeesofhawaii.com. Okay, so sponsors if you, are? And if you just want your regular order, um, just go through the IM Talk page get and that IM Talk website. That goes to the IM Talk page. gives you the codes and stuff on there for extra special discounts. Love your work. Next sponsor. Extreme Endurance. Expre- extreme, but not .com. No. It's X-Endurance. Ex- this is the last week's show. X-Endurance.com. <laughs> I said it like 10 times. And um, where you probably generally make a pig's ear of explaining exactly what no, you're supposed to... Uh, no, John. We what, are class. Exactly what the product does. So what they've got now on um, the extreme, X-Endurance.com website. The Extreme Endurance Performance got- System was scientifically engineered and scientifically developed. The system... I'm around yeah. the biochemical changes that occur in an athlete's body during intense exercise and competition these changes don't discriminate they happen to every athlete and encompass a wide range of internal disruptions there you go. Body. So basically the, the, the clip goes goes on and it actually explains what is going on and what the product is actually supposed to do so um we obviously had sandy on a while ago um who is uh, either the ceo or the founder of the company sort of explaining it bever and i do our little Best effort of uh, yep. generally explaining what it does, but if you're really interested to find out what it does, how it's supposed to work, and what it can do for you, just go to xendurance.com um, and you can check it out. And then if the basic concept is that it's reducing your lactic acid, which then means you can sustain longer intensity for a longer period of time. And make sure you st- use the code IMTALK and you should still hopefully get that discount on there. And but do you know what else, John? What else? Oh, I wanted to listen to that guy's voice. How about that for a great voice, hey? Let's just do a few more seconds. Listen to this. Microscopic tears and trauma to the muscles. Oh. Oxidative stress. Inflammation. We, we need to sharpen up. The so. Oxidative stress to the inflated muscles. And they've got Timo back on there doing a little bit of testing with it. He's a guy that uses it along with Yvonne Van Vlerken. And also on there, they've got, they've got a fairly um, active little window there which I think is Facebook updates yep. um, with the athletes that, that use the product in terms of where they're racing and I'm sure we'll see Timo and uh, Yvonne um, and Pete, Pete Rabrusik is on there as well yep. see those guys racing in the coming months as we count down to Kona so it's xendurance.com and uh, if you're in Germany as well have you got German language John there we go so okay read this John okay wait a second it's coming up Farin Dolph Dolpingfreen Liquid sport. Wow, man, you're pretty good at that. 
<laughs> hey, well, let's let's see with the German talk. Okay, let's see. Yeah, let's do the video. Let's see if they do it. Let's see if the voice is just as good. Here we go. Does extreme endurance performance. Oh, oh yeah, it's pretty good. Arbeitet und entwickelt. Ah, oh, extreme endurance performance. Wow. <laughs> hey, there's our logo on there too. Oh, look at that. You gotta go there. Look at it. It goes to us. Hey. Yes. There you go. Check it out. Xendurance.com. Check, check, check it out. Okay, team, so that's pretty much this week's show. Um, we're going to be back to the normal format of what we do next week. John's going to be back in the studios and we're going to be back. It's a pretty exciting year for us in 2011. Obviously, we're, uh, you guys are helping us get to Kona, which is a huge, huge thing. Uh, we're thinking Lance will be in Kona, so that's going to be pretty massive. But even if he isn't, it doesn't really matter. Kona is such a big event and we put, you know, we put a lot of pride in trying to get you guys the best content of anybody out there come Kona week so that's going to be our mission going into 2011 also working really hard to get more great interviews with some of the top pros and and we're really going to focus on getting interviews with the top thinkers in the sport so look forward to that uh, just as a side note I've just released my next episode of Fitness Behaviour and I've done it on goal setting and to be honest I've had heaps and heaps of wicked feedback on that so if you were, you know it's around that time of the year we're always thinking about setting goals and if you're thinking about setting some goals and you want some motivation around that check out the uh, podcast because I tried to do something that was a little bit different to you know the normal goal setting kind of information you get out there so check it out you can go to bevanjamesisles.com and you can get it there um I may even put a link to it on www.imtalk.me. Uh, other than that, I'm uh, still on holiday. I'm looking forward to getting back to work next week and getting back into the swing of things for 2011. So I'm going to rock on team. Here's uh, this week's show. Uh, what is it? I'm Russ. I'm Men Don't. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.